Everyone, welcome back to Challenging Trades. This is our holiday special coming to you live during market hours. Woo! Currently, it is 12-23-2021, day before Christmas Eve, and it's 12.58 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And 12, now I'm joking, and 9.58 Pacific Standard Time. Yes, it is. My name is Christopher Albrod. For those that are uninitiated, I am a co-founder and partner at ATM CryptoCoins and a retail investor. And I'm Drew, and I'm a value investor whose investments lose value. Uh, uh, not this week, it hasn't. So what we're going to talk about this week, and before we get started, actually, I wanted to give a shout out to our friend Andrew Wise, who produced the intro music for this episode and all the following episodes. Very generous to give us that, uh, that editing and that sound that we really needed to kind of make this a little bit more lively for you folks. We'll have him back as a special guest Absolutely. at some point in 2022. And one more thing before we get going, this is a news, conversational, and informational source. We do not provide financial advice. So in today's episode, what we're going to do Absolutely is- Absolutely not, especially, yeah. especially from Chris. Uh, Never take his advice, financial, personal, whatever. No, I'm joking. Chris is, Chris is a great- is You a might great eat friend. those words after you see what happened. He this has week. even better investments, and that's what we're, we'll get into. At least for this week, it's looking pretty good. Anyway- This week's agenda, we're going to go through the standard cadence. It's going to be uh, talking about how we're doing this week, giving some market headlines, talking about what that means. Uh, We'll probably end up discussing a little bit about what's going on in the news in regards to Omicron, inflation. Uh, We'll be talking about, and I'll be probably putting my foot in my mouth a little bit with the EV stock stuff because I just came across some data that doesn't help me. He loves EVs, if you remember from the last podcast. I, oh, I really, <laughs> uh, well, I really should have stuck with those guns. Anyway, moving on from that, we're going to be talking about meme stocks, a little bit about crypto in there as well. Those play together really nicely. What is, mm. what was this year in regards to meme stocks, right? That was a big right. phrase. Well, what January, 2021 year? look like January, 2022. That's something that we have, we can speculate on and we'll talk about. Uh, we'll give you a little bit of a funny quip from the, uh, from the market this week. Uh, this one's going to be me turning it back on myself. We'll talk about that. And as at the end, we're going to discuss how the holidays are going to hopefully work out this little Santa Claus rally that we're having and getting ready for our last episode of 2021, wrapping it all up and then moving forward. To the next who, who called Chris, who called that Santa Claus rally? You know what? This is a perfect time for me to throw this that? to you. I want you to tell me all about your Santa Claus rally and how you did this week so far. Well, before I start, I want to just see this is this is a unique uh, podcast today because the markets are actually and they're live oh, going live. Can we can we get can we get a live, Chris? Do you have that on your screen before I go into my weekend review? I want to um, see. Let's I don't have it up. Like, I don't have it up, but why don't you throw it up for us? Uh, right now, things are looking phenomenal. Yeah, phenomenal. Let me let me pull this up here. Anyway, while I pull this up, I I think this week was a little bit of a sigh of relief, uh, at least on my side, from the bloodbath that has been December and November. Um, really pulling up a little bit, I think, in response to folks seeing some of those new studies come out of. This is just my perspective, but seeing those new studies come out of um, South Africa and now the UK, um, looking at essentially more mild infections, not a big of a hit to the economy, uh, at least in the Western world. Uh, China, of course, just closed down a city of about 13 million. Um, but that hasn't really affected the market today or this week. We see 
Delta is actually coming back up in other travel stocks to where they were even back in September uh, before Omicron. And I think that's good sentiment ahead. We also had some pretty good numbers in the economy this week. Uh, we had um, we had pretty uh, pretty consistently low initial jobless claims uh, and continuing claims, as well as um, as well as durable goods orders and factory orders going up, and also consumer sentiment holding steady as well. Uh, also, new home sales continue uh, to increase over last year. So if you had any home builder stocks, they're certainly up as well. Um, I'm, I think uh, a little bit of a, of a shift back into value stocks is being seen. So uh, we're, we're seeing also more money towards growth stocks being put in. I think some folks who have raised, uh, who have diverted a lot of their capital to cash, about a 14% increase through November. Those folks are deploying more capital. We're seeing that now. I also think a lot of people are covering after tax loss harvesting back in the first half of November, uh, third week in November. So I think those are still going to be support pressures now. We're going to see a short-term spike in cases and people are going to continue to have like an eye on inflation. We saw that tick up again, but uh, with supply chain really coming up, Port of Los Angeles, Port of uh, uh, of um, Long Beach seeing a significant decline in days of con- containers offshore. Yeah, things are starting uh, to move again. And so, Chris, that's my kind of spiel. Uh, let's see. Yeah, how let me went. give me give me five seconds of your time here. I just want to hear how you did this week. What what is your portfolio personally look like in regards to success, uh, failure? Like, did this rally help you or hurt you? We, you know, as of right now, sorry, I haven't pulled up the, the live view. I'm just pulling up on my side here, uh, my my own portfolio. And yeah, it's up today. I mean, uh, for the week, I, I think I, I think for the most part, everybody's up. But, you know, are you feeling the same lift like as on the market average? Are you feeling more of it, less of it? Yeah. So it, my my portfolio has a pretty high, I would say, like average beta. So market swings really pull my portfolio up or push it down. And, and because we're seeing a positive week, I'm, I'm seeing a little bit of a push above that in my portfolio. So that's, that's great. Considering the last couple of weeks have been down significantly in the broader market and in the sectors that I'm invested in. Yeah. And I'll, I'll take it from here on this one. I also feel the same way. It's been a sigh of relief this week, really enjoying the lift that we're seeing across the board in the market. A few things here I think have contributed to it. Unfortunately, I think one of the contributors to the positive, the positivity in the market, and this is basically slowing the economy back down a bit uh, with Omicron. Unfortunately, you know, the disease is not what we want to happen. It's not what we were looking for, but it is a little bit of a slowdown to our rapidly spiking economy that couldn't keep up with demand and it's slowing it down a hint and that's giving us a little bit of a time to breathe take a look at the things around us and make the appropriate moves again not what we wanted to happen not calling it a good thing but it is moving the market in a positive way Uh, on top of that we're seeing people that are increasingly less afraid of inflation Uh, this is the first time in two months that we're finally starting to see the consumer confidence report move in the right direction, move back upward. So we previously saw it at uh, 111.9 in November, uh, and that was on a downward trend from September throughout all the way through November. We're now seeing it go back up four points to 115.8. 
that is showing that people are willing to put more money in. People are willing to put their money up and invest in things that they feel are long-term success for their, uh, for their return on investment, essentially. Uh, on top of that, you know, we're seeing a lot of things happen here for uh, consumer spending. So, for example, and this is where I started to put my foot in my mouth, the EVs, uh, the plugins, right, in Europe, 26% of vehicles sold in Europe in 2021 were plug-in vehicles. Wow, that trend no is way. going to continue. I want you to look at this in a way that doesn't, A, yell at me and throw tomatoes at me. But I also want you to take a look at it in a way that there is opportunity here that still has yet to be really uncovered. Think companies that go, go a little bit deeper than the actual vehicles themselves. And what you might see is you'll be able to see the companies that produce the lithium-ion batteries, the technology that they're starting all, to invest all in. the parts and all the, like the supply chain elements that go into the car correct and i all think that's, that's going to start to see a little bit of a lift a company that i think got hurt pretty badly uh during the last month that i think you'll see a little bit of a recovery in is plug power i've got some mm. money in them and they took a hit uh, but i also think that with this rise in ev sentiment you're also going to see a lot of success for them down the line uh, stocks that I've done really well with this week, uh, just to kind of hit on the, the, the high hitters for me. Uh, Chewy seems to be on the rise. It continues to rise for me. It's a tech uh, retail stock. Um, Wish it's also actually, a COVID play, too. It's a, definitely a COVID play. Wish jumped up like crazy on Tuesday at almost 14%. Uh, Allbirds, another uh, essentially uh, basically a consumer good uh, shoes, jumped 20% yesterday. And today we're seeing the crypto rise and it's really pushing Bitcoin back over $50,000 $50, right now, which is the first time we've seen that in about two weeks. Uh, but Marathon Digital is pushing about 8%. Really nothing too much in the red to talk about um, at this point. I haven't seen anything that really went towards the double digits. That's great. I mean, do you think that that in the beginning of the week, we were a little bit afraid, though, where it was headed with bit with like Bitcoin hit, touching 40? Did it touch 46 or 45? I want to do an episode on Bitcoin sometime in the future. Um, essentially, this is pretty normal for Bitcoin for it to drop like that. But it does scare a lot of people that aren't used to the way that it moves. Uh, consolidation periods are really necessary. And the way that it jumped up over $60,000 to its all time high about a month ago, um, was unsustainable to say the least. So this was actually a necessary move. I didn't think we would go this low, but I also knew that a pullback was imminent. Um, mm -hmm. We needed to rebuild. We needed to build a stronger support level before we could move past the 60,000, which we didn't do. Um, we jumped that very, very quickly and without adequate support. Anyway, right. I wanted to move forward on the on talking about meme stocks. Drew, I want you to talk to me about your favorite meme stock this year. And I think a lot of other people are going to probably agree with you on no matter which one it is you choose. <laughs> I'm leaving the, the door wide open for you. Well, you, you mentioned a few stocks earlier on some of the ones that you're invested in. Absolutely. And, and, and before we sort of get into the meme stocks, I, I want to align everyone on what is your definition of a meme stock, right? Because there's a couple of different types of stocks that came, came through last year. There's, uh, you know, the COVID stocks, like your telehealth, TDOC, one. Uh, there's- Bed, Bath uh, & Beyond was Bed, one Bath, of them. You know, all, all, the, all the stocks that did really well, stay at home. Those have all suffered, by the way. Clover. Uh, in 2021, uh, it's been a horrible year for at least COVID stocks. Now, meme stocks, now there is, of course, some overlap, but meme stocks came into kind of focus uh, at, at the form Wall Street Bets. 
Yes, um, something that and, we've known about for quite some time. We've shared some interest in, and it's fun to look mm-hmm. at. But this is the first time it really took a foothold in the market. What what happened? Right, right. Meme stocks didn't even become a title until way after there were already meme stocks for a really long time. A well-known in the press title, you know, for, for the stocks that are hyped up, for the stocks that may be more speculative, for stocks that were initially leveraged uh, by retail traders against hedge fund managers. So their meme stocks were used as a tool, as a weapon, as a, a way to gamble, as a way for new traders to come in and learn something new about the stock market, about putting in their money and making things happen in a, in a, in a, in real time. And how, how did the, but, but we've been a part of Wall Street Bets for a while, though. You and I have really known about Well, you this. introduced me to it. Actually. I did. I did. And we talked about that in the first episode that we had of this show, by the way. So throwing it back a month ago at this point. But, you know, Wall Street Bets is a fun place to go. It's a fun place to look uh, at people that are losing an, uh, an absurd amount of money or making an absurd amount of money doing something that we lovingly call YOLOing, right? Throwing their life savings <laughs> at something. Uh, and, well, and, meme, and, meme, meme jargon. I need to know what that means. So. These guys are guys that get thrown off of the R investing subreddit because they're so ridiculous. They have to make their own subreddit called Wall Street Bets. And but the, but here's the thing. The Diamond thing, hands. The thing about these guys is they've never come together like this before. They've always shown each other their crazy trades and we've always admired each other from a distance. But this year, something changed. Something changed where they actually kind of came together on an idea and made an effort to change Wall Street from a retail trader perspective, which, by the way, the hedge funds wrote off almost immediately. They thought this was ridiculous because it's never been done. But why was it done now? Why was it done now? Why was it done at a point in, uh, in, in an organized fashion, too? You know, like it's the timing. Let's talk about that first. Actually, let me get right into it too. Yeah, just, I want to hear your. I really want to hear your take on that, all of this because it's very is, interesting to hear. I'm I'm a crazier trader than you. I'd like to think so. Um, you you heard some of the stocks I, that I, that gave me some lift this week. They're very risky moves. You I don't hold any. Have a very I don't hold any stocks. Yeah, exactly. I I so don't. I want to hear your perspective. So my perspective is that earlier this year, and it was the, by the way, I. In a lot of ways, I'm sorry to say, I think Bitcoin and cryptocurrency is is sort of a mean currency. They go hand in hand. The (laughs) the traders that invest in one typically invest in the other. So there's no way around it. They're both they're both speculative, I think, investments in that a lot of them are are either businesses that have been suffered greatly in recent times. I think GameStop. Uh, a physical brick and mortar store for selling video games, which should be, which should have gone the way of Blockbuster. Like, let's talk. Like, well, is, it could still. That was the but, story of the year for investing, and that started in January. But that that company themselves, like, honestly, were making the move to to extinction. But now, all of a sudden, they've got a lot of money to play with. Right. So, so we we have GameStop. We have AMC, which movie theaters, by the way, I don't know when the last time you've been in a movie theater, but it was some point during 2019 for me. And, and yeah, I, I haven't been in a movie theater since pre COVID honestly, <laughs> but like there is, if you look at the balance sheets of these companies at the time that they became popular with wall street bets, nobody would touch them. In fact, people went the opposite direction. Hertz 
If you Hertz is another one. Hertz was another one. Absolutely. Bed Bath & Beyond was another one. Um, there was a lot of companies that really got a, a second win because of Wall Street bets and the meme traders. And what you'll normally see here is, first off, these companies were companies that hedge funds were betting heavily against. So they were they had a high float of short incredible short interest shares incredible yeah, yeah. short interest like i think gamestop was 81 percent short interest prior to well did, didn't it wasn't the thing though that they actually had a higher short interest than their float then the available they, we yeah. mean they had sold short more shares than they actually could like correct had, they had shorted more shares than the market had available to them and then some guy, I think it was Raging Kitty, some guy from Massachusetts. Yeah, TFV. I won't say the name because we're trying to keep it clean on the show, but TFV is is the acronym for his name. Yep. And he is figured it out. He didn't he figure out that, that he was that... in he was in GameStop way early, and he was in GameStop for different reasons. He was in GameStop oh, because okay. he, he, there was a bit of nostalgia there. There was a bit of, you know, he that's actually, what he said to Congress, but I don't know. Ryan, Ryan Cohen him. was there like now as the CEO took over Chewy's CEO took, uh, got a hold of, of GameStop. Ideally there would be mm-hmm. a turnaround there. He's kind of the wonder kid with these retail companies and they, they expected some lift out of that, but he was in it for a different reason. He's holding quite a bit of shares, but what happened, the short interest became very visible and mm-hmm. You know, what do you think of that, right? Like, what did that do to people? Well, I think people were were really rallying. It was a rally cry, right, in Wall Street bets. And I think people were thinking that they can take down Melvin Capital. That became uh, the big target. Which was the big target, big holder in the in shorting uh, GameStop. And and they actually were trying to they they were convinced in all the message boards not just wall street bets but yahoo all these guys yeah it became a big big thing it became a thing where everybody like figured out that there was more shares that were um shorted and so that caused people to hit the as they say hit the hit the ask uh, t- tap that they ask. squeezed them they squeezed them hard right they basically bought all the shares so they couldn't sh- they couldn't uh buy out of their shorts And and, and it became like a snowball effect, like that they were losing more money. So they sold more or they, so they bought more back. They had to, they had to to keep buying it. They had to continually short the shares. Which is like the opposite, uh, which is like a short screen. It was pumping it all the way up. Right. Cause they had to Mm -hmm. keep covering their shorts. They, and they had to keep buying more shares and covering their shorts and buying more shares. And it just became a mess. And they thought that they could go to infinity basically based off of this loop. And they were saying it could go above a thousand a share. Well, they, it, not to mention that the, the like Melvin Capital didn't want to take their loss, right? Because they expected that much like if you think of the human psyche, you're going to see this green on your on your portfolio now and you're going to take your money out, right? You're going to you're going to you're going to jump out of this initiative that they've all started with. But they banded together in a way that nobody could have predicted. But what I really want to focus with focus on with the time that we have is why did they do it? Like, wh- how did this finally happen? How did retail traders take down Wall Street? Will they do it again? Right. I want to know if they're going to do it again. And what were what were what were the factors that we should be looking for if they can do it again? So I don't think they can. That's my stance here. I don't think they can. I don't know if you have a different one. If you want to challenge me on that, but I, I have my reasons why I think it it could be possible, but it won't happen. Okay. Okay. I like the caveat. Um I think, though, that a couple, like a perfect storm of things happen that 
enabled this particular event phenomenon, you can say, happened back in January. And looking forward to this January, I, I don't think that that, it, that the conditions are right for that to happen again. But it, it happens that a lot of folks that, that would be at their normal jobs can now look at a screen 24 hours a day. Yeah, set the stage um, for us as to as to the pieces that came in. Here. So this is what happened. So I think by then it was the second uh, second stimulus payment had gone out there. It was January. People weren't really doing anything. It was another, you know, COVID was raging. Um, it was the worst time actually yet um, where, you know, people literally didn't have anything to do, nor could they do anything. And so they have this extra cash that they would normally be spending. So much higher disposable income. You saw that in the numbers, personal income uh, and personal savings. And these new apps came out and people were like jumping in there. Yep. Bitcoin was was gaining crazy values. That's factor more, number two, right? There was yeah, more awareness. Ease of getting in. E- money, e- ease of capital, ease of getting in and trading, ease time of information. Your, time on your hands. Time on your hands. Uh, awareness around Wall Street bets, awareness around Robinhood and trading, awareness short interest, that, you could, that you could do all this stuff. The and visibility, sh- the dissemination of information on short interest. Well, well, short interest was already at historical highs, right? Because- but, the, but the internet makes this possible, right? Now we can actually all see it real time. Like before, talking about like the 90s, like mm-hmm. it, how long would it take for that information to get around? Not Yeah, it, it needs to happen like that because that's how this happens, right? You need to someone will sell the shares by the time you can buy them. And so like someone can stop the process, uh, but it needs enough juice. And that juice is the cash is the time is the sheer number of now new, new traders with access to technology. that are interested in making a quick buck, learning something new, gambling, whatever it has all the, it is all the components. And then that mixes up and then you get explosions. Like what happened with Nokia, what happened with Blackberry? That's right. I forgot about them. What happened to Hertz, which was bankrupt at the time which uh, happened to, you know, AMC and GameStop. So- AMC and GameStop were the big winners here. Um, and you're right. It was a perfect storm, right? This was a perfect storm. This was pandemic, putting people at home. Very, some people were furloughed or, or laid off completely, needed a source of income, thought maybe I'll trade, got a stimulus check. Robinhood exists. Webull exists. Now we can all trade from our phones. Uh, dissemination of information, information comes at us like crazy now the amount of content that we get within seconds and being able to share that with each other and a network of people that all had the same idea so all those things together made the perfect storm and the last piece of the puzzle is wall street wasn't ready for it they weren't looking for it that's the (laughs) thing and that's why i have my caveat here as to why it won't happen again yeah tell me what do you think is going to happen uh maybe in the next couple quarters here do you do you think that could happen or you're saying there's a caveat right i think meme stocks will continue i think meme stocks will continue to be something that wall street bets and other forums and other groups of individuals continue to invest their money in because it's fun um, they're having a good time. Some people have made a lot of money with GameStop, millions of dollars even, right? So, you know, it, it's it's still a good story that's going to pull a lot of people in. Uh, why I think it won't happen again, though, uh, is two things. One, the retail investors all came in a big wave during the beginning of COVID uh, because they needed some sort of income. 
I think that we got all of them. They're here. They exist. They're a part of the system now. So we're not expecting a big surge of new retail investors to come and blindside these kind of shorted stocks. And the second mm-hmm. thing, the second, and this is the biggest reason um, why I think it won't happen again. GameStop was a blindside to Melvin Capital because they the short interest there was 81%. And much like you mentioned before, uh, the, it was shorted even more than the actual market float. So there weren't even enough shares to cover the shorts that were out there already. Uh, companies and, and, and hedge funds and these large investment firms now know better. They know better than to overexert themselves, even if they know the company should go bust. They know better than to overexert themselves and put themselves in that position to be attacked the way that Melvin Capital was. Because should the next company show a short interest like that with that large of a percentage with that few shares on the market, you better believe Wall Street bets some eagle-eyed individual on that is going to find it. And they are going to expose it and they're going to bring it to light on Wall Street bets or somewhere else. And they are going to destroy that hedge fund. So those guys are being very cautious in how much they allocate to their shorts. All right. Well, thank you for that perspective, Chris. So now, we got a minute to go on this segment. Drew, do meme stocks continue in 2022? Is it still part of the conversation, the lexicon that we move forward with next year? Or is this 2021 and we're out of it? I will answer that and then ask you a quick question right after that. Um, first is, do I think they're going to continue? Yes. I think to your point, they're gonna, they formed a new floor and they're going to continue. And um, I don't think we're going to see maybe one, or, maybe one or two spring up in, in the message boards, but it's just not going to have the same yeah, not impact. the same as game. The game it's not going to have a societal impact. I think this was a phenomenon that now demonstrated that it can exist, and so people are going to be more careful about it. They're looking especially for it on now. the other side, other side of the coin. Now, uh, I guess, I guess, I want to ask you a question. What is your uh, one year price targets for GameStop and AMC? Oh, and then I'll and then I'll tell you mine. One. And I'll tell you mine. And, and just so everyone knows, right now we're that's a really good the 23rd, one. Twenty third. It's it's one fifty two on GameStop price per share. Twenty nine oh three on AMC. Tell me what. Tell me what you think. I wish I I wish I had an answer for you. I didn't really look at these like the way you're asking me to, uh, but what <laughs> I, okay. So let me, let me talk about this. So how far out do you want me to go? Give me a, give me like, a When do you want my, when do you want my number target? One year. One year from today. Yeah. One year price target. GameStop seems to be holding the line. Uh, it's definitely holding a higher floor than it did prior to the pump that it had in January. Uh, just for reference, in January, on January 5th of this year, it was sitting at $17.37. Right now, it's sitting at $154. The interest seems to come and go, but the holders, they, they really are holding on to this idea and this and, I, and here's the other thing. I think there's a lot of bag holders still that are hoping for a little bit more of a pump. <laughs> so where do I think it's going to be in December? I think it's going to be sitting around 100 bucks a share, somewhere around wow. 110. That's a big decrease. I think it's going to go down. I think, I think as time goes on, the interest will wane. Um, AMC. AMC has done the same wavy movement. It's done the same thing. And it pumped up in mm. about June is when it really hit its stride. So prior to that, it was sitting around $10.85 a share. And now it's sitting at about $30 a share. And again, I think due to bag holders, due to still there's interest in it. Also, AMC is doing something different, though. They are appealing to this crowd of idiots 
And idiots like myself, by the way, don't take that personally. I am also an idiot. So I, I'm a fellow <laughs> idiot. Um, I, I was in AMC. Let me be honest with you. I made about a thousand percent on my trade. And what an well, idiot. What an idiot, right? Well, <laughs> look, at the same time, this is, I have no business being in this and nor does anybody else. Let's be honest with each other. We're doing this for fun. But it's, it's about $29 a share right now. I think there's still bag holders. I think there's still interest. The interest will wane. I say 25 bucks a share December of next year. All right. All right. Um, sounds good. I think for me, back at you, I think GameStop's going to decrease maybe 120. Um, but I think AMC's got a little bit bigger wave uh, headwinds. I think it might head back down to around 20. Yeah. And to my point, uh, AMC... I think they got headwinds, but I think they're doing the right things. For example, just like you were talking about before, meme stock investors also invest in crypto. What was a big crypto pump this year? Shiba Inu coin, correct? Correct. Cool. So AMC Theaters already announced their initiative to take Doge and Shiba Inu coin as forms of payment. Think about that. So Hmm. what they're doing is instead of GameStop, who's looking at this big pile of money, and going, oh, we got lucky, good for us, and then not doing anything with it. AMC is appealing to the people that held them up when they needed it most. And I think for that reason alone, they're going to continue to see investor interest. Hmm. Very, very interesting. I think you might be onto something, but we'll see if that support is going to be enough to, to overcome the attrition that's been happening over the last several months. So, Drew, uh, do you have anything funny that happened in the market today, uh, this week? I kind of do. Unfortunately, it's at my expense. But if you have something better, I'd like to not butcher myself. I will never pass up an opportunity to hear you butcher yourself. (sighs) I'm doing this. Okay. So, as some of you may recall, I gave the business to the EV stocks last week. I really did. I went hard at them. And guess what? What? Lucid still pumping. Uh, Plug-in cars are selling like crazy. Toyota's announced an initiative to go all EV by 2035. I am an idiot. Um, And you want my, here's where I make my full turnaround and tell everybody that I was wrong and whoever was against me was right because they were. Companies are making the move to EVs. Now, here's the asterisk. As funny as it might be to, to beat up on me for this, just remember, Toyota already has an established investor base. They already have shareholders that they need to appeal to with their existing business model. Companies that are not like that are essentially internal combustion engine companies that have existed for some time, have a legacy and a brand to uphold are going to be slower moving to this initiative. And they're not going to see the lift that a company like Tesla saw. There might Lucid might be the next Tesla because they just put out their car and it's really, really good. Um, mm. It's really good. It's really, really good. I, 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 I saw the reviews for it. I've seen the car, not physically in the flesh, but I am starting to put my foot in my mouth because it's so good. It's taking on the Model S Plaid, which is the flagship for Tesla right now and succeeding. Maybe, maybe Lucid is the next one. Maybe Rivian honestly can uphold its valuation. Maybe I was so wrong that I have to backtrack a week later, which I'm doing right now. Lucid's dropped quite a bit. It has, but it's still holding quite a large, it's still holding a much higher floor than I was giving it credit for. Mm. Rivian took a bigger hit. 
Um, but in general, this new sentiment towards EVs and the sales figures towards EVs are leading me to believe that I'm an idiot. So, all right, do what you will that, but that's that's the market information for you. Um, <laughs> I don't know what else to tell you. I maybe don't listen to me. Drew said at the beginning of the show. All right, all right. Looking forward. Let's do this. We Drew, have sh- yeah, another short forward. week. Another short week next week. But uh, what about the Santa Claus rally? Does it continue? Because it's been awesome. I, this has been I, so good. I, 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 as everyone probably knows, if they've been listening to this, I'm like the perma perma bear. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's going to be negative right now. Everybody get but, yourself ready. But I did call the Santa Claus rally. You did, I, actually. I'm going to give you the point for the week. This is the first point we've been able to put on the board. One point. And uh, I think it's going to continue next week. So let's, let's keep scoring points. I say point for Drew. First points on the board in challenging trades. He called it. Right. He gave us a really good, like he gave us, you know, oddly enough, went against his beliefs and the way that he normally operates <laughs> to give us a, a really nice optimistic outlook that panned out. Uh, just for reference today alone, I'm up almost 5%. Um, and that that is phenomenal. I really needed it. I'll be honest with you. It, this this month was painful. Do I think we just, it continues? Need this, we yes, just need it to happen a couple more days and maybe that's going to happen next week. Right. Are we going to be break even since November? I think this, I, I don't know if we break even soon, but I think we do. I mean, given a long enough timeline. Sure. Um, I think this will continue. It, it seems like the fear is, fa- is is slowly fading from in terms of the market. The fear in terms of society is maintained. Right. We still have supply chain issues. We still have inflation to worry about, but I do think for the first time in the, in the last couple of months, we're going to see a year-over-year inflation number that isn't 6% or more. I think it's going to drop, uh, honestly. Significantly. Once, once we pass this little hump here in demand, extra demand during the holidays, they are working on the supply chain. We don't know what exactly, pers- like how big of a contribution the supply chain is to inflation. My belief is that it's you know probably half of it a uh, combination of the demand not meeting the supply. But, you know, obviously the fiscal stimulus is another big contributing factor too. Um, and just the way that our industry has changed so dramatically over the last two years, I think has caused a lot of shifts in demand and supplies. New ways of reaching consumers have been opened by technology and enabled Absolutely. by technology. Uh, but that, I, you know, I, I I think it is transitory in a way that... Oh, you're using the T word now. We were told to stop using the T word. I think it's just your expectations. Like, I, I'd say, like, people thought it was going to be, like, six months to a year. I think I think we're going to get back to normal by the end of next year. So it's a little longer, but it's not, like, permanent. I don't think this is going to be, like, a decade, like the 80s or anything like that, where we see, like like 10% interest rate or five percent, even up to 5% interest rates in this cycle, next cycle, I think it's going to be permanently lower and go and go lower in the future. I, I think the moves by the fed this week really illustrated um, or last week, sorry, last week illustrated exactly how they felt about the inflation problem. Uh, they know that it is a problem that you need to tackle sooner than later. Otherwise this would extend past 12 months, maybe 24 or 36. Uh, and we really start to see a recessive type of economy um, as we move forward. Right now, I think they've done a really great job of, of showcasing the fact that they do take it seriously. They are going to make the appropriate moves. They're not going to let our economy go the way of Turkey uh, with inflation, which, you know, RIP Turkey, because you guys are getting burned right now. Uh, so, you know, your, your, 
your government is not helping you in terms of giving your currency any value. So we hope that they, they figure it out sometime soon for this. We hope we hope they just transition over to Bitcoin like El Salvador. They are trying to, but the government's actually standing in their way. We'll talk about we're going to you know, I want to do I want to do an episode a little bit more on a deeper dive into cryptocurrency and how it affects the global economy of scale. We'll get there. Um, but in regards to our economy, the U.S. economy. Um, I'm with you. I think that we are going to see a, a return to normalcy maybe in the next nine, 12 or 16 months, somewhere in there. Um, it could extend past a year, but I really don't think we're going to, it may just taper into that area. Um, so we are making all the right moves now. Finally, we can look at our economy and look at our, our the Fed and go, they're doing the right things. Uh, and with that being said, people are responding. They're piling back into the market. They're getting out of those hedge, like those, uh, in, those um, inflationary hedge type investments that they used to, that they were piling into at the beginning of this month and moving back into the traditional market. And because of that, you're seeing fear come down, markets move up and the right moves being made across the board with supply chain, inflation, rate hikes. Uh, You know, essentially everybody's looking at this from the same perspective now because we've highlighted it so well that I think we'll continue this upward trend Maybe not as steep as we saw earlier this year. It was kind of a great year for those that were in the market before January. Um, But we will continue to see an upward trend. I think we've done all the right things. All right. Well, that is the that is the recording of the podcast today on December 23rd. I wish everybody uh, happy holidays coming up. Uh, We will be back next. uh, Not this weekend, but the following weekend. Um, yeah, yeah we're gonna well, take our own have holiday. A Merry break. Christmas and, and, and good luck. Uh, good luck next week. I think we're gonna see a good one. I think so too. And again, just like Drew said, um, you know, happy holidays, everybody. With Omicron kind of looming all over us right now, we do wish you, your families, your loved ones, people you care about, the safest holiday. Please be safe out there. Please take care of each other out there. This is the time to be th- to not only think of yourself, but be thoughtful of your fellow human being and, and, and really make sure that we can keep this thing at bay. Um, all right. But, but we, we thank all of you for, for watching us. We came into the tail end of the year and uh, for everybody that has paid attention to what we're doing, we're going to keep it going and, and we appreciate everybody's support. All right. Happy holidays, guys. Happy holidays.